Foreign direct investment continues to attract the attention of U.S. regulators. Regulations proposed by the Treasury Department would significantly expand 2018's Foreign Investment Risk Review Modernization Act and give the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, or CFIUS, much broader authority to review potential investments by non-U.S. entities. We have a Jones Day panel here to discuss what might happen next. I'm Dave Dalton. You're listening to Jones Day Talks. For more than 20 years, Laura Frederick has assisted clients achieve their goals in complex international trade matters, including CPS, economic sanctions, export control, customs, and trade remedy matters. Justin Huff has more than a decade of governmental experience and has negotiated multiple complex agreements for the U.S. government to ensure national security. Prior to joining Jones Day in 2018, Justin was the Deputy Director of the Office of Investment Security at the Department of the Treasury. And finally, Chase Konecki has, for more than 10 years, helped clients navigate complex issues associated with international trade and national security matters. Specifically, Chase's practice focuses on CFIUS, economic sanctions, export control, customs, and trade remedy matters. Chase, Laura, Justin, thank you all for being here. Thank you. I've been looking forward to this follow-up podcast for quite some time since we talked back in the late spring. Uh, A lot going on. Uh, We'll go to Justin first. Justin, some proposed regulations by the Treasury Department would add, you know, teeth to the Foreign Investment Risk Review Modernization Act and give CFIUS greater powers. Justin, tell us what's going on. Sure, Dave. So for those who don't know, the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, or CFIUS, is an interagency government body that's authorized to review foreign investments in U.S. businesses. And they look at those investments for national security considerations. Mm -hmm. Last year, as you noted, FIRMA was passed, and this was passed with broad bipartisan support by the U.S. Congress. And this legislation gives CFIUS expanded jurisdiction and some additional authorities. And it also told CFIUS that they had to publish these implementing regulations no later than next February. So in anticipation of this February deadline, CFIUS published two new rules in late September mm-hmm. that are designed to implement most of the provisions in FIRMA. Sure. Okay. Laura... Are the new proposed rules settled? I mean, is this what we're going to have come February, or is there still some wiggle room here? How's this going to come out? Yeah, not necessarily, Dave. Not necessarily settled. There's a comment period that has just closed, and the agencies will review the comments that were filed to determine if they want to make changes to the proposed regulations, and we expect that they will issue a final rule either late this year or early next year and we do expect that there'll be some changes here they've made some new definitions some very new concepts mm-hmm. related to CFIUS practice and i think there are going to be a lot of people that have had something to say about that i would think so full disclosure i did talk prior to today's program with chase Kinecki a little bit about what might be coming and i was eh, blown away overstated but I, w- I was surprised but let's go to chase with this Chase, give us a flavor of some of the changes that could result from these proposed regulations that Justin and Laura are referring to. Sure. So historically, CFIUS, uh, its jurisdiction was somewhat limited to foreign investments that provided a foreign person with control over a U.S. business. And FIRMA changes that in a big way to now authorize CFIUS to review transactions pursuant to which foreign persons will acquire certain types of non-controlling rights 
in somewhat sensitive, more sensitive U.S. businesses. These are mm. technology, infrastructure, and data businesses, so-called TID businesses. So that's a big change. Another big change that FIRMA and these proposed regulations will put into place is it will provide CFIUS with jurisdiction over real estate investments by foreign persons that previously were outside of their jurisdiction. So those are two major changes. And we've also seen through FIRMA and the proposed regulations, certain investments will now trigger a mandatory notification to CFIUS, um, although some uh, foreign investors may be ex exempted from these expanded jurisdictions uh, for CFIUS uh, to the extent that they have close ties to a particular country. These are three big changes, and that's an understatement. Did you see this coming, Chase, something of this magnitude, if you will? I think this is a, a big leap, I guess, for CFIUS. Yeah, I mean, we've certainly seen over the course of the last five, maybe more years, some rumors and some concerns within the U.S. government and otherwise that perhaps the jurisdiction of CFIUS wasn't robust enough to protect U.S. national security or at least provide the U.S. government with an opportunity to review foreign investments in the U.S. from a national security perspective. And FIRMA and these proposed regulations, the goal is to close a lot of those gaps and to provide the U.S. government with the authority to insert itself and review a particular investment that where previously it may not have had the jurisdiction to do so. So, yeah, I think this has been somewhat of a long time coming, and I think that we've been talking about these potential changes for a couple of years now, including leading up to the statute that was passed in August of last year. Okay, Chase, so technology, infrastructure, and data. What's the significance here, these types of businesses? So these types of businesses are traditionally the types of businesses that CFIUS and the U.S. government have expressed interest in from a foreign investment perspective. And now the, these proposed rules in FIRMA provide CFIUS with expanded jurisdiction over non-controlling investments in these businesses. And these are businesses that, I don't want to oversimplify it, but these are businesses from a technology perspective that are developing or designing or manufacturing export-controlled technologies or technologies that the U.S. government is thinking about and considering to be emerging and foundational technologies. Uh, so that's the technology businesses. And on the infrastructure side, the, the language of the proposed regulations is quite broad. For a, a business to be considered a critical infrastructure company, it needs to engage in certain specific activities in certain enumerated industries. Mm -hmm. So I think it'll be interesting and, and somewhat difficult in some cases for a company to figure out whether it actually falls within the definition of a critical sure. company. Sure. Yeah, yeah, to give you a sense, Dave, of how new and different this is in terms of thinking about foreign investment in the United States, mm -hmm. if somebody's going to take a 3% interest, for example, in one of these companies that's mm -hmm. either critical technology or critical infrastructure or data company and have a board observer seat, they could be potentially subject to CFIUS review. And I think in the past, foreign investors would have never thought that a 3% interest with just an observer, not a voting board right. seat, but a observer seat, would be enough to bring their transaction within the purview of CFIUS. And under this new law and these new regulations, it could be reviewed by CFIUS if CFIUS was interested. 3%, is that stifling, Laura? I mean, 3% sounds, you know, kind of nitpicky to me almost. Well, I think that what people need to keep in mind, though, is we're just talking about jurisdiction here. So we're talking about the ability of CFIUS to review it if it's interested. 
There are thousands of foreign direct investments in the United States every year, and CFIUS only reviews about 230 of them. Okay. Granted, this law is going to expand that. It's going to expand their ability to do it, but there still will be thousands of foreign investments that could be reviewed by CFIUS that they will not be interested in. I think the bottom line is people just need to think a little bit more about their transactions and whether it is something that CFIUS would be interested in. Okay, kind of to extend that point a little bit, let's go back to Justin. Okay, so in reality, you know, maybe not a lot or certainly a very small percentage of these potential transactions will be reviewed. But that said, Justin, will any of these investments require a mandatory notification to CFIUS? So yes, Dave, there will be. Firma provided CFIUS with a couple of options for requiring mandatory notifications. The first relates to foreign government investors. Mandatory notification requirements will be in place for, for foreign government investors when a foreign person acquires a substantial interest in a U.S. business mm -hmm. and that foreign person has a substantial foreign government investor. And so let me break that down and what that means. Under the proposed rules, when a foreign person makes a 25% investment in a U.S. TID U.S. business, one okay. of those technology infrastructure data companies, mm -hmm. and they have a foreign government investor that has a 49% investment in them, then a mandatory notification requirement will likely be required. Gotcha. So if 49% of the 25% is controlled by a foreign government, that might be the flag? That's correct. Okay. Um, the rules said, and under the law, they could have set that threshold much lower. Mm -hmm. And many of us who are, were watching these rules evolve over the last year thought that that threshold would be far less than 49%. But I think that the committee came in with a very measured approach here and said, we're going to take a look at this and we're going to set this at 49%. In practice, this probably won't capture a, a lot of investments mm -hmm. in this instance because there are not a lot of foreign governments that come in with that significant percentage. Sure. But it is something that they absolutely you know, have to take a look at and identify going forward. Okay. The second scenario involves instances where foreign investors make investments in U.S. businesses with critical technology. This formed the basis of the pilot program that was introduced last year. Right. And this applies to all foreign investments generally and not just foreign government investments. Um, as part of the proposed rules, CFIUS didn't change the pilot program, but they stated they were willing to accept some comments on its application. So it's going to be interesting to see what, if any, changes they make in the final rule. Before we move on, you mentioned the critical industries. Just off the top of your head, can you name a few? Because most of us are familiar, but just, just in the event that someone's forgotten, give us you know, what, what might be considered a critical industry. So these types of companies are the companies, as Chase mentioned, that produce critical technologies, such as those that are controlled for export at a high level. And mm -hmm. um, this captures companies that have technology control under the ITAR or maybe are involved in the nuclear atomic energy sectors. And those are areas where the government has a specific interest in ensuring that foreign investments in these areas are notified to them so that they can assess whether there's any national security risk. Good enough. Let's go back to Laura for a second. I was thinking about something Chase said a couple minutes ago, the proposed real estate rule. That sounds complicated. And when I was doing a little research preparing for today's recording, I'm convinced it is complicated. What's your take on it? Well, it can be a little complicated. I think the important thing to remember is that historically, CFIUS could review any real estate transaction if there was an existing U.S. business, such as a shopping center or hotel. 
What the new rules do and what FIRMA provided is that CFIUS can take a look at just the sale of a piece of real estate, a, a piece of land, if you will. Mm -hmm. If that land is in cr close proximity to any sensitive U.S. government locations like military bases. Right. And proximity has always been an issue for CFIUS and CFIUS practitioners and transactions to determine if the businesses were near anything sensitive. But now I think the rule, even though somewhat complicated, gives us some guidance, at least. We used to have to get out the charts of the flight restrictions around military airspace and things like that. And now the new proposed regulations itemize and tell us exactly which locations are sensitive. And they also tell us, for example, that if you're in an urban area and you're within one mile of those sensitive locations, you can be subject to CFIUS jurisdiction if there's a foreign buyer that's going to buy that piece of property. So though it's complex, it does give us a little bit more concrete guidance than we've had in the past. And the other thing to keep in mind is that certain real estate, it will be accepted from this. And that includes things like single family housing. Mm -hmm. And again, most urban areas, unless you're within one mile of a specific base that has been called out in the regulations so okay so it doesn't seem overbearing to me when you put it that way but at least as you say it's been defined whereas it was less clear before so probably the, the new rules are, are better at, uh, i think at that's point. right dave yeah good enough all right chase let's go back to you what should we expect for the next couple of months? We talked about maybe a February deadline. I know we've received some comments from the public. Those are being reviewed. When does everything become final? So I think FIRMA requires that the regulations be finalized by February of 2020. And in between now and then, we expect CFIUS to review and digest the various comments that it received regarding the proposed rules and hopefully see some final action, some final set of regulations either later this year or early next year. Laura, are you hearing anything from clients about this? I know this all came together fairly recently, but were they expecting this sort of the broadening of scope or, or what's the feeling on the ground from clients and, and others you're talking to? I think they've been expecting the broadening of scope for some time. As Chase had mentioned, this was a very bipartisan uh, supported provision, the FIRMA, the new law, and it's really been kicking around for nearly two years now. So I think people were expecting some broadening, some recognition that the U.S. government felt that their jurisdiction wasn't broad enough to protect national security. I think what clients are just doing now that the regs have come out are really trying to figure out how does this apply to them. We're having lots of conversations with different types of clients that had not previously really been caught up in this. I mean, a lot of conversations with, for example, biotech clients, what's going to happen here specifically related to the new data provisions, mm -hmm. the D of the TID US businesses. For example, if you're a biotech company that has genetic material, mm -hmm. will now be captured under this non-controlling investment rule. So they're really trying to sort that out. I think people are just trying to figure out exactly how the new rules apply to them and to future transactions that they will conduct. Sure, sure. And, and a heavier lift than it might appear to be at first. Let's wrap it up here on a practical note, because that's what we do at Jones Day Talks. We don't just pontificate. We talk about what people should do. Justin, what should a company do right now in preparation for this? And, and I, I'd like uh, Chase and, and Laura to pick this up too, but let's start with Justin. What should companies do now? 
Yeah, so I think the first thing is that you have to consider CFIUS any time a U.S. business has a, a potential deal with a foreign investor. Um, and they should talk to experienced counsel early within the life cycle of the deal. You need to assess and be mindful that, you know, these are transactions that are maybe for the first time subject to review by the U.S. government. And that can be pretty daunting for some companies. Additionally, I think you need to be mindful that CFIUS has the authority to look at things that are not notified to them. And they have really stepped up their non-notified outreach. Firma mandated that they do this. They were given additional resources to do so. And so it's quite possible that if you're contemplating a transaction, the U.S. government may call you and ask you about that, this particular investment and want more additional details about that transaction that's being contemplated. So stay alert and stay prepared, I guess. Laura, would you add anything there? Yeah, I think one thing in particular is thinking about the potential that you'll get a call from CFIUS even if you don't make a filing as you're negotiating the transaction documents. The parties need to discuss how they'll allocate risk there and what will happen if CFIUS comes calling if they decide not to make a filing. I think that's important and specifically because of the broadening of the jurisdiction, CFIUS can look at so much more than it used to be able to look at. And so you really need to think about how you're going to handle that if they come calling. Well, you know, every time we have one of these conversations, I say the same thing. I can almost hear Chase Kanicki right now. His eyes are rolling back in his head because he's so sick of me saying this. But these transactions are complicated enough. It's tough enough to get a deal done. And there are so many things to be concerned with. Now you've got CFIUS, or at least it, these things have always been evaluated, I know. But this, this sort of escalates everything. So, you know, people need to know and, and I guess be prepared, as we said. Chase, let's roll it up with you. Any other thoughts about what companies should do just in case CFIUS comes calling? Yeah, I think piggybacking off of what Justin and Laura said, in particular, Laura noting being prepared when you're preparing these documents, not only from a transaction perspective, but also I'm thinking about private equity investment funds here. Mm. And those investment funds need to be thinking about you know, whether they are going to be considered foreign for CFIUS purposes when they're establishing the fund. And if they don't want to be considered foreign and do not want to be within CFIUS jurisdiction to the extent they're investing in U.S. companies, or non-U.S. companies with U.S. operations, they really need to think hard about the rights or lack thereof that they're going to provide to their limited partner investors to avoid being considered foreign. That's a great take. Maybe the subject of an entirely different program because, you know, a strategic investor, I think the concerns are obvious. You know, there are synergies and this is why we're going to acquire that company or part of that company, whatever it is. But if you're a fund, you know, how does this, this change the game for you? So interesting stuff. Hey, Justin, Laura, Chase, this is great as always. This issue obviously and apparently isn't going away anytime soon. Can we plan on maybe doing this again around the first of the year or, or whenever the final regs come out and we'll take another look at the landscape then if you guys are good with that? Sounds yeah, great. that sounds perfect. When they come out, I think we'll have more to talk about. I, I have zero doubt. I'm not a gambling man, but if I were, I'd put something on that for certain. So, hey, well, thanks so much, all three of you, for being here, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Dave. Take care. Bye-bye. For complete bios for Laura, Justin, and Chase, visit jonesday.com. While you're there, be sure to check out our Jones Day Insights page where you'll find podcasts, publications, videos, newsletters, and other compelling content. Subscribe to Jones Day Talks, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else podcasts are found. As always, we thank you for listening. I'm Dave Dalton. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Jones Day Talks. Comments heard on Jones Day Talks should not be construed as legal advice regarding any specific facts or circumstances. 
The opinions expressed on Jones Day Talks are those of lawyers appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect those of the firm. For more information, please visit jonesday.com.